all rookie results are in. How many votes did Mark Williams get? After that, we'll talk a little bit about Bryce McGowan's and give you his player recap today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. We It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free. We're available anywhere you get your pods. That does include YouTube as well. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. That's a lot. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Thanks to Game Time. Thanks to Doug as well. Always helping out. That's Doug Branson. Find him on his Substack, stack, everyhornetsboxscore.com. <laughs> I'm Walker Mail. You can listen to me every weekday from 12 to 3 on WFNZ 92.7 FM. Doug gave a little wave for all you pod listeners instead of YouTube watchers. So, yeah, it's a I don't even know what that wave is, but I like it. Well, it's, it's like a way because it. you're on I'm, I'm on camera. But mm-hmm. for those that only listen to the podcast and have never seen us on YouTube, I'm also in this like little tiny box. How so many people if do I, you th- if I wave, I have to wave, you know, close to my head. Anyway, go ahead. I am interested. I wonder how many people have actually still never watched the YouTube channel, but have only listened to the pod. I wonder if, even if you've watched once, that counts for me just in this question. I wonder how many people still do not know what we look like, except only for our one Twitter picture with our profile pic. Well, you know, we were pioneers. We went on YouTube uh, prior to you joining the show, Walker, we went on YouTube prior yeah, to this true. entire network going to YouTube, and we used to do it once a week. We do a live show, and that was when I had short hair. So I like the idea of someone who watched us back then <laughs> and then decided when we stopped doing that to just listen to us and have never come back. And they come back and they go, "Whoa, what year is it?" <laughs> Let's get to four thousand subscribers. We're close. We can do that. So, so if yeah. you have not gravitated over towards YouTube yet, do it, watch the videos, give us a whole bunch of views and give us a whole bunch of subscribers. We would greatly appreciate it. Um, Let's talk a little bit about Mark Williams and his role in the all rookie team voting results where he finished here, Doug, just to give people an idea, all rookie first team. It included Paolo Boncaro, Mm -hmm. Jalen Williams, Mm -hmm. Walker Kessler, which way, which, which Jalen Williams, because there's two of them in Oklahoma city, which one, the good one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. They're both pretty good. <laughs> I do like Jalen with a Y. I do. If it was the all charge team, then he would be getting a, a vote here. But well, I don't know if you, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you again. I don't know if you saw, but Jalen Williams with a Y did get one first place vote and got five yep. second team votes. But I, I have to imagine that was someone confused. <laughs> they meant to That's- vote for Jalen with an L. And just got confused. Because J-Dub and J-Will, it is not a good distinction of who is who. It is not. It's it's Jalen Williams, the amazing rookie season Jalen Williams, or the guy that had some nice moments this year, the other Jalen Williams. It's Jalen without the Y. Uh, then it's Walker Kessler. Keegan Murray, Ben Matherin, those were the uh, first-place vote-getters. Jaden Ivey, yeah, still a distant um pretty big gap between him and Matherin as far as the last guy out of the first team first guy leading the second team second team includes Jaden Ivey Jalen Duran, mm-hmm. Jabari Smith Jr. Jeremy Sohan and Tari Eason those were the first two Mark Williams not included here Doug Mark Williams he got two second place votes 
and two and just two total points all around. So only two second team votes. You know, maybe I shouldn't be surprised. Thought it was a little low considering where his numbers match to some of the other guys that were included here. But I understand the total amount of games played is the thing holding him back. If he were to have had this production all throughout the season, or at least only missing May the first month, rather than seeing his real rotation debut on December 26th and having played more than 43 games, which is what he logged this past season, then he would have been at least a second team guy, in my opinion. But he wasn't, didn't play that many games, and that's why he only got two votes. Yeah, you can see the rookie first team is full of guys who broke into lineups for teams that actually competed for some portion of the NBA season, Orlando, Oklahoma City, Utah, Sacramento, and Indiana. And then the all-rookie second team, and I don't know if they meant to do it like this. This is just how the votes shook out. But the all-rookie second team is filled with guys who got a ton of minutes on really bad teams that had, not, that had nothing to play for, Detroit, Houston, San Antonio. That is tank team personified. That is Detroit, Houston, and San Antonio represented, the only teams in the second team. Yeah, and so Charlotte, I think unfortunately for Mark, rode both of those waves. You know, They started out trying to be a team that was going to compete. Injuries got in the way. And then eventually they made their way slowly but surely into the same situation that Detroit, Houston, and San Antonio found themselves in from game one. And so I think, yeah, Mark Williams uh, takes the brunt of that. So if you want to blame somebody, you can blame uh, Steve Clifford. You could blame Mason Plumley for not getting injured, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of this is circumstance. You know, if Mason Plumley gets hurt, if Nick Richards – uh, comes in and is the Nick Richards that we had seen in previous seasons, then maybe Mark Williams gets the benefit of the doubt and they don't send him down to Greensboro and they say, all right, Mark, you're going to back up Mason now. Uh, but none of that happened. Uh, Nick Richards looked a lot better. Mason Plumley stayed healthy and was, you know, effective for what they were trying to do in that moment. Uh, and Mark Williams got some time to get some seasoning, get his legs under him. And then we saw some really good defensive stats some good offensive stats as well, uh, not overwhelming. When you look at, I don't know if you're interested in a little player comparison between Mark Williams and Jalen Duran when it comes to like per 36. So we take out the games played metric and we just look sure. at how they would play or, or even not even per 36, you could look at per 100 possessions. And these two guys are eerily close in terms of field goal percentage, Jalen Duran 65%, uh, Mark Williams 64% that neither of them shoot three, so that you take that out. Uh, if you look at their free throw percentage, Mark Williams a, a little, I don't know, a lot better. I mean, almost 70%. Jalen Dern at 61% per 100 possessions. Rebounding, uh, nearly identical at 17.3 for Duran, 17.5 for Mark. Uh, Jalen Duran gets a small nod on assists, but neither of them are doing that. It's the block number, though. 2.6 blocks per 100 possessions for Mark Williams, only 1.3 for Jalen Durant. So he gets the slight nod there on the defensive end of the floor. I would have loved to see both these guys in a Hornets uniform, but I think, you know, both of them have some qualities where you go, all right, these two could compete with one another on down the line. 
Well, yeah, and, and I'll give you another comparison here, Doug. I mean, you, you know, Walker Kessler, if you want to look at some of the per 36 numbers there, <laughs> defensively, they're going to favor uh, Walker Kessler. But Mark Williams, to me, I it just it's it's not like he would have had that same season. Kessler was really efficient. I mean, you look at him, 72% from the field this year. Crazy. He His block numbers were great. I believe he was fourth in the league this year in total block shots, 2.3 yeah. per game. Defensively, still protecting the rim at a high level. I think offensively, if you were to compare Mark Williams and Walker Kessler, I like Mark's ceiling better than what oh, Walker sure. Kessler's is offensively, which I do, do think counts for something, especially if the rim deterrence is so very good already from a guy like Mark. If we're talking about his ability to possibly shoot threes, there's zero indication that Kessler can do that. He shot 52% from the free throw line. That's rounding up for Kessler in Utah. My whole point is, if you are to say one center projects for the better career going forward out of Jalen Duran, Walker Kessler, Mark Williams, the three guys we're going to think of, every team has a case for saying they grabbed the right guy. Now, Walker Kessler's in the lead right now. I don't want to get it twisted. Kessler had the best center year. The guy got immediate minutes. He was a legitimate factor defensively, was crazy, was crazy good. One of the best rookie defensive years we've ever seen. But if you were asking when it's all said and done with their careers, who could have the best one, you could convince me with either one of these guys at having the best career. And I still feel very good about the Mark Williams selection, despite Kessler and Duran also having solid rookie campaigns. Totally. Among those three guys, I think that Mark Williams uh, has the opportunity to like ascend to a level where you go, wow, we did not expect that. You know, possibly, yeah. I mean, he has some tools where you go, man, if he develops a three point shot, all of a sudden sneak all star bid, you know, for one or two seasons isn't entirely out of the question. Whereas I think probably for, for Duran, and maybe Kessler, although Kessler is so good on the defensive end that maybe, you know, he could grab a sneak bid as well. But I think Mark is the leader in the clubhouse. The only thing I would say for Duran is that I just think his body projects as as somebody I, like I could see. You know, we talk a lot about, uh, or we haven't talked a lot about it, but we did mention, you know, how good Kavon Looney has been for the Warriors, even though they're about to get bounced. But in that uh, previous series, he was so good for them, and like I see Duran as having the better opportunity to play that kind of role for a really good playoff team uh, than I do. Mark Williams just because of like I haven't seen that that physicality and toughness from Mark Williams yet yet I'm leaving the door open that it could be possible down the line yeah I mean you're, you're hoping that I mean as far as the offense goes right like Mark Williams has the best touch out of any of these guys as it currently stands and, and so that I think that goes a long way if it comes down to hey who do I think can score the most points is Mark might be the guy. And so that's, that's pretty valuable still with the shooting at hand. We've seen the pick and pop. We've seen the free throw percentage. We're talking about the threes that could go well. So yeah, it's all this to say, I understand why he didn't get of all rookie team nod. Like I'm not, I'm not going to sit here sure. on a blocked on Hornets podcast, just like every locked on fill in the blank host is going to do that for their rookie. Like I saw it all do across it. the board. I'll do it. This I, is I, outrageous. This is absurd. This, I mean, look at the per 36 numbers. Look at the per 100%. Mm -hmm. I've got screen assist numbers for you. If it wasn't for Steve Clifford, I mean, just play him, Steve. Are we doing this again? Not play, just play the rookies. Just play Mark Williams earlier. And he's going to get the all rookie. Not now he's affecting money. That's what's happening. All right. There's your outrage. Um, it's we need some all sophomore numbers. 
Because I think Mark, yeah. seriously, I think Mark has, yeah. if everybody stays healthy, now he's locked into the center position. There's not really going to be any competition for him next season. Um, because I think still, even if they uh, strike it rich, by the way, we are we are less than a week. Next time, next the next Wednesday, you view us, we will know where the Hornets are drafting. And uh, we, we might be uh, completely elated that they get the number one overall selection in Victor Webanyama. But I don't think that affects Mark. I think you play both of those guys together oh, because yeah. you don't want Victor Webanyama banging down low every possession. You give that, you give some of that to Mark Williams. So I think he's locked in at center, and I think he has a real good opportunity if they had an all sophomore team to be in that in that conversation. I know we're over, but can you imagine? It would be the. Can lo- you imagine the the? It would That's be my the catchphrase. Longest by the way, I'm trying to make it happen. I don't know. Over the past weeks and months, I've been trying to make that happen. Can you imagine? <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. I still haven't been able to get the point out. Okay, go ahead. Can, can, can you imagine? Can you, you can... imagine? <laughs> the wingspan between both of those guys on the floor, it's now lost all of its meaning, but it'd be crazy. Mark Williams, it's a, it's a good point. Wimby and Mark Williams, their wingspan. It would be the longest wingspan combined by two players to ever on an NBA roster, and they'd be here with Charlotte. It would be crazy. All right, coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Can you imagine those huddles? Can you imagine, like, the sideline huddles, both of them together? They would just surround this the is entire Wimby team. right now, putting his arms across <laughs> everybody. All right, guys. We're going to go out there. Here's Mark Williams across, too. You're not going to be able to, you know, like Chris Paul will try to, like, sneak in the huddle sometimes. Like, you're not going to be able to do that with the Hornets if they got Wimby and Mark. They just, like, surround the huddle like a force field. They'd make the best security team ever. You put Mark on this tunnel, go like this, just spread his wings out. Same thing with Wimby. Nobody's getting through (laughs) that, baby. Um, Coming up next, we will recap another rookie that played for the team this past season. Bryce McGowan's pleasant surprise. Maybe you did have high hopes. We'll talk about it in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. It is the place for last-minute ticket deals, and you can forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more than that. The Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Get images of your seat, too, before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Bryce McGowan's coming up next, Locked on Hornets. This is Locked on Hornets. I'm a fantastic Googler. I'm bad at logging in. If they were to do sort of a scouting report of of me and my ability to use the internet. Todd, 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 Todd. Yeah, I, Excellent Googler. Not a very good guy that's <laughs> logging in. Very yeah. good at interrupting the host anytime he's trying to go on a rant. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Uh, before we get to Bryce, I have an important question for you, Walker. We were just talking in the last segment. Yes, I can try- imagine. Did I answer your question? 
I'm trying to make my catchphrase happen. Can you imagine? So my my question for you, because every every good co-host needs a good catchphrase. But my my question for you is on your WFNZ show. Uh, is it uh, Wes and Walker? Is that the name of the show? Just want to give you a plug there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wes do and you ha- Wes and Walker? Gotcha. Do mm-hmm. you have a catchphrase on your show? You know, I. It's funny you mentioned this though. Like, really, I I was thinking about this yesterday. I don't. I don't. I was thinking about the late and the great Jerry V when everybody would say, "Throw him in the pool." That was Jerry V's thing, right? If something, you know, throw him in the pool. Get out of here. <laughs> Wes is fire what, fizzle. What pool? Did anyone ever ask him what pool? Oh, oh, wait, yeah, it was legendary. It was throw him in the pool. You had a sound effect. They would have the splash. You could ask David. He splash. knows about throwing, throw, throwing guys in the pool. If he didn't like you, if he thought that that was a stupid joke that you said on the air, or whatever, he would throw callers in the pool all the time. But Wes also had fire fizzle. Somebody came up to him. Well, we were out of you know, uh, but I think I helped him on that. I think he owes me a little bit of credit on that one. But he, but it's fire. Straight fire was on. That was his. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. His was straight fire. I I feel like I owe he owes me like fifty percent of that. I came up with the fizzle part. You, you I am the fizzle. The, you 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 came up with the fizzle part. The game that has been grabbed from this pod. But anyways, no. To answer your question, I don't. And but this can't you imagine? I don't think I've ever heard it. you say that un- until the last segment. This is oh, no, so I this say is it new? all the time. I say it all the time. I, well, but you have to slowly introduce these. You can't force these things upon upon the listeners. But savvy <laughs> listeners and viewers will know that I occasionally drop in. Especially, look, it's one that you can't drop in when you're super sad about stuff. So it's been a tough you know season to drop this in. But this is, mm-hmm. we talk about the sickos. The sickos need the hope. And right now, Wimby is sitting there at number one overall, and we're waiting on this lottery to happen. And that's when you drop the, can you imagine? I thought it was Stangin' too. You have a lot that you try to work with. That's okay. Bryce McGowan's, I'll ask you this. Let's just start off with a good old Stangin' or Clangin' impromptu. Bryce Boom. McGowan, ah, yeah. first year. Stangin' or Clangin', Doug? You tell me. It's your catchphrase. I think he was Stangin'. Uh, you know, just based on expectations, second round pick, you're not expecting you a lot. You look to the for... side. Who did you look to there? You It's just someone that I imagine constantly that I have to convince of of my arguments. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think he was staying best, based on the expectations. I didn't have a ton of expectations for him. I didn't think he would see – I didn't think he would be able to even break into the rotation. Even after I saw him in summer league, I thought, all right, this guy's got a little something, and, and maybe, you know, a couple years down the line – you know, we could be talking about him a little bit more, but I thought first year he was able to, now injuries of course played a role, but I thought he did endear himself to Steve Clifford, who thought he was a really smart player, has the size, you know, a lot of the same words he used about Dwayne Bacon. And so we know how this story could end, but I think Bryce is going to figure it out a little bit better than Dwayne Bacon did. You know, I thought his, the, his calling card oh, yeah, that makes me shiver. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. His calling card coming out of college was shooting. We didn't see that as much consistently. The shot looks good. It just didn't go in a lot. Um, but we did see his ability to put his head down and, and his athleticism in terms of getting to the rim and being able to finish through contact. And we saw a lot of that. Defensively, he surprised me. I thought he, he did a little bit more than I expected from him defensively. And, you know, he was able, I thought, to positively impact games even if the offense wasn't looking to him. And when he was playing with Terry Rozier and Kelly Oubre, 
<laughs> they were not looking to pass to Bryce McGowan's. So, well, but he and, was still and, able to be on yeah. the floor and be effective, even even though that wasn't happening. Well, no, I mean McGowan's the the shooting, the free throw line shooting. That was like because his shooting was pretty bad at Nebraska. It was it was it was real bad. He's been an inefficient player the last couple of seasons, but the aggression has been what has allowed you to say, okay, this guy could be an NBA player with the six, seven athleticism. He got to the foul line coming out of Nebraska over six attempts per game. He shot from the charity stripe. And so if he shot 83% from the free throw line, you're hoping that three point percentage can go up this year. He only shot 27 on four attempts per game in Nebraska too. So like you're, you're hoping the shooting can come along Really, Doug, we're just looking for an efficient player at some point, right? Like, yes, you can be the microwave scorer. If you're not efficient overall, like you can still come in and be the microwave that that maybe, you know, isn't phenomenal. Okay, you can you can count on him, you know, shooting 45 from the field, 37 from three. But like it needs to happen at a better rate than it happened this year. But you're right. You saw flashes like, yeah, I'm completely in agreement with you absolutely staying in you know one over a steve clifford it, it's hard right to win over a steve clifford as a rookie and he did that in his uh debut in the nba here's what i would ask people who watch this team consistently through the year and and got a chance to get a good look at bryce mcgowan's how many times did you see bryce mcgowan's take a shot this season regardless of whether it went in or not okay take that out of the equation how many times did you see bryce mcgowan's take a shot where you went, what are you doing taking that shot? Like, that's not your shot. It's the, <laughs> I think I actually we saw it a lot there. in you summer league. I will say uh, summer league was, well, was real part. bad, but and, yeah, but you're that's right. what you summer league is it. for, you know, I mean, they're talking <laughs> about yeah. Kai Jones, right? Like Kai Jones took 10 threes. He attempted 10 threes in a summer league game. Okay. I think that was summer league game. Number one, he took 10 threes. That's what summer league is for. But when he got to the big boy show, he put on his big boy pants and took shots that you go, okay, yeah, that's that's your shot. That was a good opportunity. And when he didn't have good looks, he passed the ball. And I think that's what you're looking for from the second-round pick trying to break into the rotation. Yeah, he finished the year strong, too. And maybe somebody we didn't talk about nearly as much finishing so strong because we had fun with SU's fee. James Booknight was stealing some of those headlines as well. And Bryce McGowan's had just already been a part of the consciousness as a Hornets fan. He actually appeared in more games than Mark Williams did this year. McGowan's appeared in 46 contests over the course of the season. And, you know, look, I'll go with some arbitrary game spans here. But if you want to go to the last three games he played, he logged 20 points, 16, 22, 50% shooting, three points still wasn't working. But he got to the line seven attempts per game, Doug, in the last three. You yep. can even extend that a little bit more. He had six attempts in the back-to-back -back games against Toronto to close out the year. He had six attempts against OKC in 23 minutes on the road. That last win against OKC that they had when they won by three. McGowan's, it, th that's, that's the nice thing. If overall he's not shooting well from the field, <clears throat> which is very possible given what he did at Nebraska in here, he can make up for it a lot by just getting to the line, putting his head down and saying, bleep you, I'm going to get these foul shots, which is how he plays. That's, that is an awesome little thing to go to the bench to and say, okay, we need some easy buckets, Bryce, just get in the pain and see if you can get fouled.
Well, and part of the reason that James Booknight couldn't get back into the rotation was because of Bryce McGowan's. Here's what Steve Clifford said about Bryce McGowan's on January 18th. Quote, his strength to me is his offense. He has very good IQ, good size. He's crushing the G League. He's not just playing well. Of all the guys that have gone down there, he's been the one that if you watch him play, he's been terrific. Unquote. So there's Steve Clifford giving you a little insight into, you know, the team does watch the G League. They do watch these performances. And while those performances don't directly translate to like NBA success, you don't look at a guy who's scoring like 30 plus in the G League and go, OK, he's going to score 30 plus in the NBA. They are looking at it and saying, hey, how, how are you performing down there? And you mentioned it in our James Booknight review. Booknight wasn't exactly lighting up the G League. But Bryce was. And when there was an opportunity after James Booknight got that early look, when there was another opportunity at the wing, they went to Bryce McGowan's. And I think there was a reason for that. Uh, Bryce McGowan's Mm -hmm. did show an ability to draw contact. You know, those are the kind of smart opportunities, getting to the free throw line where you can be a little bit more efficient, even though he struggled from the line at times this season. He was able to get there. And that's something they're going to look for LaMelo Ball to do more of. But they've got a guy in Bryce McGowan's that in the future – that, to me, he showed so many moves, such a versatility of offensive moves that I'm like, man, it just doesn't seem like this guy won't be able to figure it out. Now, I don't know mm. if he's going to be like, you know, an all-star at some point. I think that's a long shot. But I think he's got to be able to be a, a guy that figures it out and gets to a rotation place uh, with with a team that's actually competing because he just has such a variety of ways to get open looks for himself on offense. Yeah, and maybe his vision isn't great right now, but I I trust him with the basketball in his hands, like you mentioned. He can actually get to the rim too. It's not that he's just being aggressive. We use that word too much. I, I'm I'm a big offender of it. Just you know, equating aggression to getting to the free throw line. Your catchphrase. <laughs> be aggressive yeah i know that's okay high aggressive. school cheerleaders have had that for a while so i'm not going to steal that from him uh bryce mcgowan's he can get to the rim though he's athletic i trust him with the basketball in his hands we just had this conversation with james book night where he'll have some veteran tap the basketball loose and he has a high turnover percentage right you, you don't have that same feeling with bryce mcgowan's when he's got the basketball and he makes the move I, I feel comfortable that he's going to get to his spot. And so that's what I like. By the way, OKC, he shot six three-pointers, not free throw attempts. Just wanted to clear that up with oh, the last house four cleaning. games. That could be your catchphrase. Still. You love to do a little house cleaning on a show. I do. Just want to make sure that you're, you make seem sure to be the dishes more motivated are put away. to have a you, – you, you seem to be more motivated to give me a catchphrase right now than I do. <laughs> just whatever. Hey, there was, going back to your point of him being able to draw fouls, you know what was the most impressive thing that Bryce McGowan's did for me all season? It was in a loss to the Toronto Raptors late into the season when Toronto, they weren't playing like full steam ahead, but they still had some guys out there, including Pascal Siakam. And in the first quarter, I want to say of the second game, against Toronto because they played back-to-back against Toronto. McGowan's, in a game where he scored a career-high 20 points, in the first quarter, drew like back-to-back fouls against Siakam. And that changed the way Toronto had to play. You know, we talk about drawing fouls. Too often, I think we talk about guys drawing fouls so they can go to the free-throw line and score efficient points. And while that's important, if you're a player on the wing and you can draw fouls against other teams' best offensive wing – that's super, super valuable. And, uh, you know, if Bryce can continue to do that and improve his passing this summer, like I'm sorry, I just I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that by the end of next season, Bryce has a role within this rotation. 
Oh, yeah, no doubt. I, I absolutely see that. Steve Clifford loved him. He, he talked about it. I had that sit-down interview. He said he was a nice surprise, and he's excited to see what this offseason can bring to the second-round pick this past season for the Charlotte Hornets. All right, let's move on to the last segment. Hey, that could be my catchphrase. Let's move on to the last <laughs> segment. Coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. The hey, there's yeah. another entry there. We're going to talk a little bit more from the sicko satchel. We have so much more. We have so many more questions. 27th overall pick. Who could the Hornets take with that spot? We'll talk about that last one coming up next. Locked on Hornets. This is Locked on Hornets. Now that we have this question, <laughs> I, got, I, I feel like I need to ask this. Mm-hmm. Are y'all sweet potato pie folks or you pumpkin pie folks? Pumpkin pie folks. Sweet potato folk. Pumpkin pie. Sweet yeah. potato. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Let's go to the sicko satchel. We've been going to this uh, satchel the last few episodes. You can you can tweet at us at Walker Mail at Doug Branson LOH, but really the YouTube comments. If you want to get the most notices there, make sure you write into the YouTube comments. Yeah, I'm not I'm not checking the Twitter as often. I don't know about you. I'm not checking the Twitter as often. I like yeah. to be on YouTube because that's where people watch yeah. us. You know, we don't we don't broadcast on Twitter. We broadcast on YouTube. That's where we rack up the views. Uh, so yeah, on YouTube, there's a little community tab, and on that community tab, we can we can post whatever we want there, and so that's where you can join in on the sicko satchel. There's a post up there already, but then I think closer to the end of the week, I'm gonna do another all call for sicko satchel requests as we get closer to this NBA lottery. All right, let's go with the first question here. Scout writes in a simple one about the 27th overall pick. Who should the Hornets take? Doug, do you have any prospects there late in the first round who the uh, Charlotte Hornets could possibly select? I struggle to answer this question because I don't think they're going to make this pick. Like, I think this pick gets traded. I've lost all trust that when Mm. the Charlotte Hornets own two first round picks that they will actually make both picks because they're really still in a similar situation that they were in last year where they do have a lot of young players who they're trying to find spots in the rotation for but one wonders you know how much patience they have left for book Knight or kai jones could that present an opportunity if they find a player that they really like at 27 to make that happen or you know do you take a, a big swing on a guy like amani bates uh who was supposed to be you know the second coming of kevin durant when he was 15 years old but you know i think a, a lot of people in the media got a little ahead of themselves and you know he it's an he's an interesting prospect but it's all offense it's it's zero defense, um, and in the, even the offense, there have been signs that the ceiling is fast approaching on what Amani Bates can do. I think m- people are more excited about the hype around him, the hype that was previously around him, than they are being very realistic about what he can actually do and and how he could he could develop. You know, look, if somebody like Gigi Jackson falls all the way to 27, although, again, every time I say it, I think I you know, there's no way Gigi Jackson is going to fall all the way to 27. But if he does, then I think you have to uh, be a little bit more serious about making that pick. I don't know. Who are some guys you like? Well, if we just want to stick with the ACC, I think we're about 45 days away from the draft, though, right? So we're within a week's worth of time to get to the lottery. I think like 45, something in that range before we get to the draft. So we're really going to start digging deep here with some of these prospects because Doug, we have to, we really have to go all across the board this year, right? You have a possible chance at getting number one. We'll see if you're at four, then you have what 
a seven prospect range that you could be choosing from. So we have to mm-hmm. make sure we know what we're talking about there. And then even further down, if the Hornets trade that pick, but still they could be using it, selecting there, and we'll have to know. So we really got to you know, go all across the board here. If we want to stick with the ACC, what I watch most of the season, obviously covering it, I think Terquavion Smith is a bet worth taking at 27. Backcourt help, 6-4, had a really nice freshman season, shot better his freshman season than he did this past year, but crazy athletic. You talk about getting to the rim. Terquavion can do that in spades, man. 18 points per game this past year, went crazy cold. I mean, there was about a month's worth of time where he just couldn't hit a shot, and it was mm-hmm. real bad. Jarkel Joyner actually just worked out with the Charlotte Hornets in one of the pre-draft workouts that the Hornets are starting to host now. Jarkel was a guy that was better than Terquavion in those moments. With the athleticism, the tools, I thought Terquavion was actually rising up draft boards his freshman year, decides to come back to NC State, doesn't really help him. But in that range, man, like especially if James Booknight doesn't work out, I, I, I like Terquavion. I would have no problem having that bet at 27, a little er, you know, early and it, the risk gets bigger, right? But late in the first round, you, you draft ability. I, I love what your Quavian could bring. The, the Hornets also worked out Amani Bates in their second workout. Yeah. They haven't had many, by the way, they haven't had many big names in these workouts. You mentioned Joyner in the first workout. I mean, Jake Stevens is a, a monster of a man, uh, a center from Chattanooga. It's kind of a name that I recall. Uh, but And then Jalen Slauson, the big tourney guy from Furman, they had him in the second workout that they did on May 6th. But I think some of the bigger names, you know, after they find out where they're actually going to be drafting, you'll see some of these names that are, are more associated with, you know, uh, your Jairus Walkers, your – I'll be interested to see if the Thompson Twins do individual workouts. I mean, I feel like they kind of have to. Uh, but mm-hmm. we'll see there. And then we've got the combine, which Webinyama has already said he's not going to participate in. That starts, I think, the 15th through the 21st. So the combine will be going on. We'll get some measurements on some different guys. But Webinyama, uh, he knows where he's going. <laughs> no need to go to the combine for that guy. <laughs> yeah. uh, but we'll start to see a lot of because I think a lot of these guys are going to go. I don't think this is going to be a combine where guys skip out because the lottery is a little bit more competitive this year, I think. It's, it's less – there are a lot of there's a lot of talent, but I think it's less locked in, you know, three through eight. Yeah, uh, I, there's going to be a little range there, right? Like it, it was funny because we we thought it was going to be pretty cemented how it was going to go. And then we started to get Brandon Miller over scoot decisions. And then, you know, so we'll see how it all plays at the top of the draft. I'll give you one more name real quickly. Trace Jackson Davis out of Indiana. It, he's he's pj washington like of course indiana homer this is a, this is your thing uh, just talking about catchphrase. well your catchphrase I, should I, be i love indiana Mm-mm-mm. i love indiana that's your catchphrase <laughs> <laughs> just went off there give We're me Purdue some corn i love snow. indiana uh, yeah, I've got some family that went to IU, but my I've got some family that went to Purdue as well. So we're a house split. We have the license plate that's dipped up in a couple. No, Trace Jackson Davis, a small ball five, knows how to play. Uh, scored 21 points per game this past year for IU. So was really effective around the rim. Also, great block percentage for only being 6'9". It could be a really good defender, I think, and also help out on the perimeter. One of those where, okay, even if you have a PJ and you sign him to a big contract, even if you bring back Miles Bridges, who we often discussed, maybe you're redundant there. 
if you were going to be redundant or have a lot of different players at one specific archetype, then it would be guys that can be versatile across your front line. So Trace Jackson Davis would be interesting there as well for me, but we'll have plenty of draft talk leading up to the draft. And the lottery, Doug, should we do something special for that? Should we go live during the lottery? I don't know. We can talk about it. I like how you're thinking, and I kind (laughs) of agree. I think people should be – the sickos demand it, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Because they're either – they're either going to be, you know, slurping on our excitement or they're going to be slurping on our sadness. On and our I tears. think either way. Yeah. But all I have to say about it, if we do a live show, okay, if we do a live show and the Hornets, they pull the ping pong ball out and they show it. Or they don't really show the ping pong ball, right? They show their little cards. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they, they flip the card and the Charlotte Hornets logo. I mean, really, even before we get there, if they don't, if they show four right. and it's not the Hornets, you know. That's you when know, it gets real. Yeah, that's when it gets real. Can you imagine how we'd be on that live show? I can't. All right. Thanks for making Lockdown Hornets your first listen today. Make your second listen game to game NBA every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked on game to game covers every game from across the league with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow game to game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. 